chapters 11 through 21 of who is the rich man that shall be saved by saint clement of alexandria the sleeper recording is in the public domain what then was it which persuaded him to flight and made him depart from the master from the entreaty the hope the life previously pursued with ardor sell thy possessions and what is this he does not as some conceive offhand bid him throw away the substance he possessed and abandon his property but bids him banish from his soul his notions about wealth his excitement and morbid feelings about it the anxieties which are the thorns of existence which choke the seed of life for it is no great thing or desirable to be destitute of wealth if without a special object not except on account of life for thus those who have nothing at all but are destitute and beggars for their daily bread the poor dispersed on the streets who know not god and god's righteousness simply on account of their extreme want and destitution of subsistence and lack even of the smallest things were most blessed and most dear to god and sole possessors of everlasting life nor was the renunciation of wealth and the bestowment of it on the poor or needy a new thing for many did so before the saviour's advent some because of the leisure thereby obtained for learning and on account of a dead wisdom and others for empty fame and vainglory as the exanagorius the democriti and the Cretes. why then command as new as divine as alone life-giving what did not save those of former days and what peculiar thing is it that the new creature the son of god intimates and teaches it is not the outward act which others have done but something else indicated by it greater more godlike more perfect the stripping off of the passions from the soul itself and from the disposition and the cutting up by the roots and casting out of what is alien to the mind for this is the lesson particular to the believer and the instruction worthy of the saviour for those who formerly despised external things relinquished and squandered their property but the passions of the soul i believe they intensified for they indulged in arrogance pretension and vainglory and in contempt of the rest of mankind as if they had done something superhuman how then would the saviour have enjoined on those destined to life forever what was injurious and hurtful with reference to the life which he promised for although such is the case one after ridding himself of the burden of wealth may none the less have still the lust and desire for money innate and living and may have abundant the use of it but being at once destitute of and desiring what he spent may doubly grieve both on account of the absence of attendance and the presence of regret for it is impossible and inconceivable that those in want of the necessities of life should not be harassed in mind and hindered from better things in the endeavor to provide them somehow and from some source and how much more beneficial the opposite case for a man through possessing a competency both not himself to be in straits about money and also to give assistance to those to whom it is requisite to do so for if no one had anything what room would be left among men for giving and how can this dogma fail to be found plainly opposed to and conflicting 
with many other excellent teachings of the Lord. Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of right and righteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into the everlasting habitations. Luke 16.9 Acquire treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, nor thieves break through. Matthew 6.19 How could one give food to the hungry, and, and drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, and shelter the houseless? For not doing which he threatens with fire and the outer darkness, if each man first divest himself of all these things. Nay, he bids Zacharias and Matthew, the rich tax-gatherers, entertain him hospitably. And he does not bid them part with their property, but applying the just and removing the unjust judgment. He subjoins, Today salvation has come to this house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham. Luke 5, 29, 19.5 he so praises the use of property as to enjoin, along with this addition, the giving a share of it, to give drink to the thirsty, bread to the hungry, to take the houseless in, and clothe the naked. But if it is not possible to supply those needs without substance, and he bids people abandon their substance, what else would the Lord be doing than exhorting to give and not to give the same things, to feed and not to feed, to take in and to shut out? to share and to not share, which were the most irrational of all things. Riches, then, which benefit also our neighbors, are not to be thrown away, for they are possessions, inasmuch as they are possessed, and goods, inasmuch as they are useful and provided by God for the use of man. And they lie to our hand, and are put under our power, as material and instruments which are for good use to those who know the instrument. If you use it skillfully, it is skillful. If you are deficient in skill, it is affected by your want of skill, being itself destitute of blame. Such an instrument is wealth. Are you able to make a right use of it? It is subservient to righteousness. Does one make a wrong use of it? It is, on the other hand, a minister of wrong, for its nature is to be subservient, not to rule. That then, which of itself has neither good nor evil, being blameless, ought not to be blamed, but that which has the power of using it well and ill, by reason of its possessing voluntary choice. And this is the mind and judgment of man, which has freedom in itself, and self-determination in the treatment of what is assigned to it. So let no man destroy wealth, rather than the possessions of the soul, which are incompatible with the better use of wealth so that, becoming virtuous and good, he may be able to make a good use of these riches. The renunciation, then, and selling of all possessions is to be understood as spoken of the passions of the soul. I would then say this, since some things are within and some things without the soul, and if the soul make a good use of them, they also are reputed good. But if a bad, bad whether does he who commands us to alienate our possessions repudiate those things, after the removal of which the passions still remain, or those rather on the removal of which wealth even becomes beneficial. If therefore he who casts away worldly wealth can still be rich in the passions, even though the material for the gratification is absent, for the disposition produces its own effects and strangles the reason, 
and presses it down and inflames it with its inbred lusts it is then of no advantage to him to be poor in purse while he is rich in passions for it is not what ought to be cast away that he has cast away but what is indifferent and he has deprived himself of what is serviceable but set on fire the innate fuel of evil through want of the external means of gratification we must therefore renounce those possessions that are injurious not those that are capable of being serviceable if one knows the right use of them and what is managed with wisdom and sobriety and piety is profitable and what is hurtful must be cast away but things external hurt not so then the lord introduces the use of external things bidding us put away not the means of subsistence but what uses them badly and these are the infirmities and passions of the soul the presence of wealth in these is deadly to all the loss of its salutary of which making the soul pure that is poor and bare we must hear the saviour speaking thus come follow me for to the pure in heart he now becomes the way but unto the impure soul the grace of god finds no entrance and that soul is unclean which is rich in lusts and is in the throes of many worldly affections for he who holds possessions in gold and silver and houses as the gifts of god and ministers from them to the god who gives them for the salvation of men and knows that he possesses them more for the sake of the brethren than his own and is superior to the possession of them not the slave of the things he possesses and does not carry them about in his soul nor bind and subscribe his life within them but is ever laboring at some good and divine work even should he be necessarily some time or other deprived of them is able with cheerful mind to bear their removal equally with their abundance this is he who is blessed by the lord and called poor in spirit a meet heir of the kingdom of heaven not one who could not live rich but he who carries his riches in his soul and instead of god's spirit bears in his heart gold or land and is always acquiring possessions without end and is perpetually on the outlook for more bending downwards and fettered in the toils of the world being earth and destined to depart to earth whence can he be able to desire and to mine the kingdom of heaven a man who carries not a heart but land or metal who must perforce be found in the midst of the objects he has chosen for where the mind of man is there is also his treasure the lord acknowledges a twofold treasure the good for the good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good and the evil for the evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh matthew twelve thirty four thirty five as then treasure is not one with him as also it is with us that which gives the unexpected great gain in the finding but also a second which is profitless and undesirable an evil acquisition hurtful so also there is a richness in good things and a richness in bad things since we know that riches and treasure are not by nature separated from each other and the one sort of riches is to be possessed and acquired and the other not to be possessed but to be cast away in the same way spiritual poverty is blessed wherefore also matthew added 
Blessed are the poor, Matthew 5, 3. How? In spirit. And again, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after the righteousness of God, Matthew 5, 6. Wherefore, wretched are the contrary kind of poor, who have no part in God, and still less in human property, and have not tasted of the righteousness of God. So that the expression, rich man, that shall with difficulty enter into the kingdom, is to be apprehended in a scholarly way, not awkwardly or rustically or carnally. For if the expression is used thus, salvation does not depend on external things, whether they be many or few, small or great, or illustrious or obscure, or esteemed or disesteemed, but on the virtue of the soul, on faith and hope and love, and brotherliness and knowledge and meekness and humility and truth, the reward of which is salvation. For it is not on account of comeliness of body that anyone shall live, or on the other hand perish, but he who uses the body given to him chastely and according to God shall live, and he that destroys the temple of God shall be destroyed. An ugly man can be profligate, and a good-looking man temperate. Neither strength and size of body makes alive, nor does any of the members destroy, but the soul which uses them provides the cause for each. Bear then, it is said, when struck on the face, Matthew 5.39, which a man strong and in good health can obey. And again, a man who is feeble may transgress from refractoriousness of temper. So also a poor and destitute man may be found intoxicated with lusts. And a man rich in worldly goods temperate, poor in indulgences, trustworthy, intelligent, pure, chastened. If then it is the soul which first and especially is that which is to live, and if virtue springing up around it saves, and vice kills, then it is clearly manifest that by being poor in those things, by rich of which one destroys it, it is saved, and by being rich in those things, riches of which ruin it, it is killed. Let us no longer seek the cause of the issue elsewhere than in the state and disposition of the soul in respect of obedience to God and purity, and in respect of transgression of the commandments and accumulation of wickedness. He then is truly and rightly rich who is rich in virtue, and is capable of making a holy and faithful use of any fortune, while he is spuriously rich who is rich according to the flesh, and turns life into outward possession, which is transitory and perishing, and now belongs to one, now to another, and in the end to nobody at all. Again, in the same way, there is a genuine poor man, and another counterfeit, and falsely so called, he that is poor in spirit, and that is the right thing, and he that is poor in a worldly sense, which is a different thing. To him who is poor in worldly goods, but rich in vices, who is not poor in spirit, and rich toward God, it is said, Abandon the alien possessions that are in thy soul, that becoming pure in heart thou mayest see God, which is another way of saying, enter into the kingdom of heaven. And how may you abandon them? By selling them. What then? Are you to take money for effects, by effecting an exchange of riches, by turning your visible substance into money? Not at all, but by introducing instead of what was formerly inherent in your soul, which you desire to save, other riches which deify, and which minister everlasting life. Dispositions in accordance with the commandment of God, for which there shall accrue to you endless reward and honor, 
and salvation and everlasting immortality. It is thus that thou dost rightly sell the possessions, many and superfluous, which shut the heavens against thee, by exchanging them for those which are able to save. Let the former be possessed by the carnal poor, who are destitute of the latter. But thou, by receiving instead spiritual wealth, shalt have now treasure in the heavens. The wealthy and legally correct man, not understanding these things figuratively, nor how the same man can be both poor and rich, and have wealth and have it not, and use the world and not use it, went away sad and downcast, leaving the state of life which he was able merely to desire, but not to attain, making for himself the difficult impossible. For it was difficult for the soul not to be seduced and ruined by the luxuries and flowerly enchantments that beset remarkable wealth, but it was not impossible, even surrounded with it, for one to lay hold of salvation, provided he withdrew himself from material wealth, to that which is grasped by the mind and taught by God, and learned to use things indifferent, rightly and properly, and so as to strive after eternal life. And the disciples, even themselves, were at first alarmed and amazed. Why were they so on hearing this? Was it that they themselves possessed much wealth nay they had long ago left their very nets and hooks and rowing boats which were their sole possessions why then do they say in consternation who can be saved they had heard well and like disciples what was spoken in parable and obscurely by the lord and perceived the depth of the words for they were sanguine of salvation on the ground of their want of wealth but when they became conscious of not having yet wholly renounced the passions, for they were neophytes and recently selected by the Savior, they were excessively astonished, and despaired of themselves no less than the rich man who clung so terribly to the wealth which he preferred to eternal life. It was therefore a fit subject for all fear on the disciples' part, if both he that possesses wealth and he that is teeming with passions were the rich, and these alike shall be expelled from the heavens, for salvation is the privilege of pure and passionless souls. But the Lord replies, Because what is impossible with men is possible with God, this again is full of great wisdom, for a man by himself working and toiling at freedom from passion achieves nothing. But if he plainly shows himself very desirous and earnest about this, he attains it by the addition of the power of God. For God conspires with willing souls, but if they abandon their eagerness, the spirit which is bestowed by God is also restrained. For to save the unwilling is the part of one exercising compulsion, but to save the willing that of one showing grace. Nor does the kingdom of heaven belong to sleepers and sluggards, but the violent take it by force. Matthew 11.12 For this alone is commendable violence to force god to take life from god by force and he knowing those who persevere firmly or rather violently yields and grants for god delights in being vanquished in such things therefore on hearing those words the blessed peter the chosen the preeminent the first of the disciples for whom alone and himself the savior paid tribute matthew seventeen 26 quickly seized and comprehended the saying and what does he say lo we have left all and followed thee 
now if by all he means his own property he boasts of leaving four obli perhaps in all and forgets to show the kingdom of heaven to be the recompense but if casting away what we were now speaking of the old mental possessions and soul diseases they follow the master's footsteps this now joins them to those who are to be enrolled in the heavens for it is thus that one truly follows the saviour by aiming at sinlessness and at his perfection and adorning and composing the soul before it as a mirror and arranging everything in all respects similarly end of chapters 11 through 21